This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, August 26th, and today we're going to be looking at some of the latest Big headlines, trades, injuries, rumors, and their fantasy fallout after a quiet stretch of the NBA calendar. We actually have had some action, so we're going to be looking at all of that and answering some key fantasy questions that are on our minds as of what appears to be late August. I am joined by Zach Hanshu and Steve Alexander. Now, just checking in here, Steve, you are deep in off-season mode, right? I mean, you're you're way out there. I'm surprised you don't have an off-season beard going right now, but I want to ask you, okay, I'm putting you on the spot. How many days remain until opening night? Don't think, just say. Uh, 46. I think 53, according to my math, 53. So pretty close. Good guess, a solid guess for being put on the spot. I have a question, Matt. I, I yeah, noticed right exactly. before we came on the air, you said you were going to mash a button. Uh-huh. Now, I tend to say I'm going to push a button, but I know a lot of people okay. in Georgia say mash. They mash buttons instead of push them. So my, I guess my question is, have you always said mash since the time you were a young child, or is this something you picked up in, in the great state of Georgia? It's something I picked up along the way. I would say it. I also am known to press a button. I'm known to push a button. I will also mash a button. I will I will do all of the three. I think if I have a choice, I'm going to mash it, though. That that is kind of my preference, I'd say. I, I'm going to say 48% of the time I'm mashing a button. Zach, what about you? Do you mash, push, press? I don't know about buttons, man, but if I'm cooking up dinner to go with some pot roast, I'll, I'll be making some push potatoes. Oh, oh, okay. Now, is that a potato that you, you mash down with a, with a flat implement? Well, you say mash, I say push, right? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Steve, I feel like you did that to divert from my question about how much is left till opening night, but uh, your answer was totally respectable. And I, I mainly just brought it up because, I mean, it's kind of getting close, guys. That's that's a shade over seven weeks. If uh, if there are seven days in a week, seven times seven is 49. Uh, that's my math I just did. And uh, we're getting close, guys. I, I don't know. We're, we're going to be in the lead up to the season before we know it. That's all I'm saying. Well, and it was funny. I was on I was on morning news on Sunday, and Ryan was like, "Dude, you haven't posted any any news. Like, are you are you there? Are you alive?" I was like, "Yeah, there's there's nothing going on, dude. It's August seventeenth or whatever. And like, no one is doing anything." And so we ended up going to the European uh, websites and digging up some some Euro basket sure. news and uh, yeah. manufacturing something for the people to read, but. It's not going to be like that very much longer. Like you said, the season's no. not that far away. Preseason's right around the corner. Training camp is right around the corner, all that. So the news cycle, and, and, and actually the news kind of picked up this week with some of the stuff we're it going did. to talk about. And that's why we're here. Let us start with some recent trade fallout for starters. The Lakers, as I'm sure you guys know, acquired Patrick Beverly from Utah for Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. For starters, 
Uh, Johan Buva of The Athletic writes that it is, quote, more likely that Westbrook will not be on the Lakers roster by the time training camp begins after this move. Now, guys, we know that by all outward indications, Patrick Beverly and Westbrook seem to not like each other. There's a long history there. And Jovan Buha writes that Westbrook could either get traded or sent home like the Rockets did with John Wall. So for starters, Steve, just kind of looking at this from the Lakers perspective, does this transaction matter to you in fantasy? Because as I've reminded you, uh, over 100 times. Beverly was sneaky good in Minnesota last year. He's now 34 years old. If Westbrook is out of the equation, Beverly's the starter at point guard. Is he on your radar if Westbrook is gone from L.A. or if Westbrook is not gone from L.A.? I don't know, man. Steve I, winces. I, that was a wince from Steve. It's, if you, if it's you were painful. I, and I know that any <laughs> league I'm playing in, you're probably playing in. I'm just going to let you draft Beverly like you always do because you love him so much. Um, no, it is interesting because Kendrick Nunn is also there. Um, should be a nun Beverly split. We all know LeBron is going to be the true point guard of that team. Um, but man, Beverly be, is going to be on the floor a lot. They need his defensive energy out of there. A lot of, a lot of the things that the Lakers lost when they traded all those players away a couple of years ago for Anthony Davis was, was defensive guys. And I think Beverly, the reason they did this is they want, they want his defense on the court. So, uh, I think it'll be more the same, Matt. I think he's a, a fun guy to take a look at at the end of your draft. What about you, Zach? Where are you on this whole thing? Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same boat here. I don't, I don't necessarily think that Pat Beverly is a guy that I'll be targeting, but if he falls to me late in the draft, um, he's fine. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, LeBron is going to be the point guard of the team, obviously, so he'll lose his value with assists. Uh, and if he loses his value in assists, then essentially he's a defensive specialist. He's a Matisse Tybal type. So, yeah, end of the draft type of guy. Uh, I think the biggest news here is going to be for Kendrick Nunn and Austin Reeves. Um, and Reeves, by all accounts, is set to start. Uh, so I think Westbrook being off the roster, uh, them trading for Pat Beverly, I think that means a big boost for Austin Reeves. And I think, to be honest with you, I would probably target the upside of him later in the draft over a, a Beverly. Even though Beverly's proven, I think if you're late in the draft, you're going to go for that upside. And I think Reeves is the guy that I would take a flyer on. Beverly last year, 9.2 points, 4.1 rebounds, 4.6 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.43. And again, Westbrook is not gone yet from L.A. We're kind of talking like that's going to happen. But again, the, the phrasing was more likely from Jovan Buha, who covers the Lakers for the athletic. So looking at the other. Yes, Steve, you got. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I feel like the Lakers are one of those teams that we're going to have to watch in training camp pretty closely because. I believe that Beverly and Nunn are going to have a point guard battle to see who starts. Lonnie Walker and Austin Reeves are probably going to have a battle to see who starts at shooting guard. And then Damian Jones and Thomas Bryant are kind of a coin toss at center. So there's a lot to be decided in camp, I think, for the Lakers. I'm going to believe Kendrick Nunn being a factor when I when I see it. That one. That one I'm <laughs> – we last saw him in – well, when was that? 2021 sometime? I don't know. I, I know he's he's shown some flashes in the NBA, but I think it's, it's going to be Beverly's job, most likely, um, one way or the other. It seems like. They also, they also have uh, DJ Augustine. DJA is lingering around there. All right, well, let's talk about the other key piece of this trade, and that's Taylor Horton Tucker, who's now with the Jazz. I want to be intrigued by him going to Utah, but 
as much as they have already cleared things out to some extent, it's still kind of strangely crowded there at shooting guard and small forward. I mean, Donovan Mitchell, obviously still on the roster. If he gets dealt, first of all, in theory, that helps, right? But we don't know who's coming back. I mean, there could be a Quentin Grimes coming back, for example. Um, We've heard RJ Barrett's name mentioned, you know, in rumors. So it's not like Mitchell's going out and no shooting guards or small forwards are coming back in a most likely scenario. So even putting that aside, right? You've still got Malik Beasley, Boyan Bogdanovich at shooting guard and small forward as of now. Zach, I'm just not sure how THT jumps either of those guys. Are, are you more optimistic than I am about his outlook? Uh, I think I'm probably about in the same boat with you on this one. Um, as you mentioned, Beasley, Bogdanovich, Jordan Clarkson is still there. Um, but I think if Donovan Mitchell gets traded and the most likely scenario is going to be you know, Grimes and what, six or seven picks, uh, I don't know that Grimes is going to uh, is going to take up that significant amount of usage. This is a rebuilding team, obviously, uh, and Bogdanovich has been linked to the Lakers as well, so he might be dealt to them, uh, you know, even before the season starts. Uh, I think THT is intriguing. I mean, he finished the season; he had a 40, 40 point game, uh, you know, in one of the final games of the season. We've seen the upside from him. Uh, but yeah, I think as long as Mitchell and all the guys you mentioned are still on the team, he's a he's a guy you can't draft. Yeah, and I think the the key is what you were just talking about. We we have to see what this roster looks like on opening night. If it looks the same as it does right now, it's really crowded. I mean, so many wings on this team. So I don't think it will look the same. I think they're going to make some moves. It sounds like Mitchell. I mean, I don't know how Mitchell ends up back in Utah after all this chatter. It's really going to depend on who's who's there. I, I am intrigued by Taylor Horton Tucker. Um, I want him to get minutes. I want to see what he does. But along those same lines, about three years ago, I was very intrigued by Nikhil Alexander-Walker, too. And that's, that's been an absolute disaster. What by the way, you mentioned that forty point game, Zach, and I had to I did a major double take there. I was like, did Zach just say forty point game and Taylor Horton Tucker in the same sense? Went back and checked. You are correct. That was definitely a blink if you missed it, forty point game blink and you missed it forty point game in April. But wild stuff. I mean, it, it does underscore the guy's skill set, I think, to some extent. I mean, per thirty six minutes for his career, he's around fifteen points, four and a half rebounds, four point three dimes. 1.6 steals, 0.6 blocks, just over a three-pointer. He hasn't been a good three-point shooter, 27%, I think, for his career. But in theory, there is a fantasy-friendly game in there. I, I just have questions about his path to 30-plus minutes. But not, not, not all has been determined in Utah yet, so I guess there's still a chance. All right, we're going to move ahead to some rather dire, rather devastating injury news out of Oklahoma City this week. Chet Holmgren is out for the year. Due to a list Frank injury, we're going to take a moment for Steve to collect himself. Steve, let me know when you're ready to continue. Are you uh, are you okay? You're going to need a new third round fantasy pick for starters. Well, it makes it makes everybody's lives easier now. You can just ignore all the thunder. No, stop it. Yeah, ignore the thunder. It's done. There, the whole season is going down in flames. It's all about Victor Winbanyama and. They almost had too much talent to effectively tank. And taking Chet out of the scene for the entire season is going to make this a lot easier to do. I don't know. I thought we were ready to – I thought we were all set to talk about Poku today. I thought we were going to talk about Poku time now. Zach, is I mean, it we can time? talk about Poku. It should be Poku time. I would like for it to be Poku time. But I, I don't know what – I don't know how – ah, man, the thunder and the tanking. I mean, I – if you draft Poku at the end of your draft, and you might as well just plan on playing him for a couple months. Because 
no, no. I just, I, it just feels see, like they're just shut people down. I don't think of Poku as I think of like Giddy and SGA as the guys I'm worried about for shutdown. I think Poku is in another area of the roster where he is the guy who's soaking up the stats during the tanking time. Like he is he was he was a a tanking wizard late last year. Final twenty five games around twelve points, seven boards, three and a half assists, point eight steals, point eight blocks, one and a half threes. Zach, does what what if anything does Chet's injury do for you when it comes to Poku? Yeah, I think Poku's going to have a lot more playing time. Obviously, I mean that's a big that's a big hole to fill now. Uh, I think you're going to still see some more minutes for guys like Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, Darius Basley. Uh, not very exciting guys. Uh, so I think Poku obviously is the biggest winner. As you mentioned, his end of season was phenomenal. Uh, so if he can see some additional playing time, yeah, he's going to be probably a great guy for your team uh, unless they decide to just blow it all up. I think the over under for their wins now is what, 17 and a half or something ridiculous. Um, I, I think the other, I mean, seriously, I think the other uh, player that you can keep an eye on is going to be Jalen Williams. Uh, he had a pretty solid uh, summer league. So I think they're going to use him off the bench this year. Uh, and I, I think he would be an interesting guy, especially if they decide to kind of rest their guys down the stretch. Uh, so he's a guy I'll be keeping an eye on as well. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. There's Jalen Williams, the big man, and there's Jalen Williams, the the guard, both on the same team, spelled a little differently. That's going to be tricky. Um, but, you know, basically we can kind of blow him off, but basically gets sneaky boards and sneaky blocks. And uh, him and Poku are both going to see a, a ton of minutes. And Lou Dort, too. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, there's still there's still things to love about Oklahoma City. My, uh, my other thing that struck me when you were reading those Poku stats over the last 25 games when you read it out loud, it's really not all that impressive. Like I was like, it felt like he was giving us more than than the stats that you just read off. But he was at least worth rostering and kind of fun to have around those last twenty five games. Yeah, and I mean, but look, if I just if I just blindly told you, you you're gonna you can get a guy in the later rounds who's gonna give you twelve seven three and a half with defensive stats and threes. That's a guy who's gonna be rostered in any fantasy league, you yeah. know. And granted, he yeah. only did it for 25 games, but that was progress for him. And as for Baisley, I think you're right to uh, remind us, Steve, that he is not a guy we should totally overlook. Per 36 minutes for him last year, it was around 14 points, eight rebounds, a couple dimes, 1.1 steals, 1.3 blocks, and 1.5 threes. His percentage has improved just a little bit. He got into the low 40s last year, still just 22 years old. Him breaking out in what will be year four, with you know the front court having lost a key piece would not be shocking it, it would be maybe mildly surprising but it would not be shocking so that's a guy that i will have on my radar uh as like a late round flyer i think i think there's some potential there yeah same all right uh we're gonna go to brooklyn next as you have likely heard by now the kevin durant saga is over for the moment kevin durant and the nets are planning to move forward without a trade as of now steve were you surprised by this one were you surprised by this resolving itself this way uh yeah, a little bit. I don't I don't know how we went from I'm not going to play for this guy. I'm not going to yeah. play for your team. I'm not going to play for this organization. We're going in different directions. To okay, maybe I'll play for y'all, but you got to fire people first. To oh no, we're good. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm back. I don't even know what Durant really wants. I don't really know what he's doing. I, I know. Seems like he doesn't care about his legacy being tarnished or whatever, but 
I mean, it's just such a weird summer and a weird yeah. four years for, for KD that I think a lot of people view him very differently now than they did five years ago. Kind of weird. Zach? Yeah, I agree with everything you said, uh, Steve, but I think as far as fantasy goes, there's no reason to doubt that KD is going to be another – he'll give you another top ten season. I mean, he's done it every year except his rookie season. So I think if you're looking for looking at it just from a fantasy perspective – and maybe some maybe some people in your league are turned off by the way he behaved this offseason. Uh, maybe he drops a few extra picks than he should, and you can snatch him up at value at the end of the first round. I'm not sure how often that happens, but uh, you can take a look at it. Uh, as far as Simmons goes, uh, you know, we've never seen him on a team uh, with two guys like KD and Kyrie. Um, so I'm curious to see how he performs. Obviously, we've heard news that he's been, quote, unquote, working on his three-point game. Um, I think the bar is kind of <laughs> low for any sort of improvement there. Um, but, I mean, you can kind of just determine, hey, he's going to tank me in threes, free throw percentage, turnovers. Uh, he's not great at scoring, but he can give you rebounds, assists, you know, field goal percentage. So you kind of know what you're going to get. Uh, I think he'll probably end up as a, a maybe a mid-rounder. Quickly on Durant. I think there's, as we talked about in a recent podcast, when we talked about the old guys we trust and don't trust in fantasy, the over 30 players, there was a, a big collection of players, right, who we think could miss like 20-something games just based on their recent uh, track record there. Like, I think we, we all know Durant is a risk for some kind of significant injury at some point. But I mean, among those, among the players that have that elevated injury risk, Durant has to be near the top of the list in terms of just upside production and uh, worth taking a flyer on, even if he is only going to give you 57 games potentially or whatever random number you want to pick, you know. And granted, well, sure, he could play 60-something games or whatever, but you understand what I'm saying, Steve. It was 55 games last year. It was 35 games the season before that. Those are two yeah. pretty scary numbers. And, um, you know, the, the back-to-backs schedule is out uh, – I don't know how many Brooklyn has off the top of my head, but it's somewhere around 15. So 15 back-to-backs, there's an automatic 15 games that KD's probably going to miss. So how high do you take him? I mean, what what if you have the fourth pick in your draft, are you guys taking Kevin Durant? Uh, probably not at that point. I think there's other guys that I would rather have at that spot. Um I mean, at that point, you might be able to still get Steph Curry. You might be able to get Joel Embiid. Uh, both of those guys I would probably prefer to have over Kevin Durant. And just a side note, it's 13 back-to-backs for Brooklyn. I just looked that well, up. And, and an additional side note, the thing about Kevin Durant last year, and maybe I'm putting too much weight on this, but he played every game the last five weeks of the season, and he was winning people fantasy championships when it mattered most. The absence for him happened. The big chunk of missed games happened in January and February for the most part. So he was there when you needed him. He was playing back-to-backs in that stretch. I don't know. I, to me, he's not an automatic sitting back-to-backs. He's just more of a, a risk to, you know come down with an injury and, and miss some time in the middle of the season. Hopefully, though, he's there at the end of the season. We can't guarantee that'll happen. But to me, he's more of a late first rounder because of that injury risk. I think if we were less concerned about his age and injuries, he'd be a top part of the first round pick for me. No doubt. I'll tell you, he, he could be an absolute steal at like 10 or 11, man. If you get KD mm-hmm. at the I, end of round yeah. one, I have a feeling we're going to look back on that and be like, uh, we screwed up. Because the Nets are so 
such a mess and so embarrassed. And so from last season was such a disaster. This like this team was supposed to win it all and they didn't hardly win anything. And then this summer was complete turmoil and disaster. Now they're all apparently back on the same page. I, I could see KD playing 72 games and, and going crazy this year. And also the thing about Ben Simmons is Isaiah Thomas. I saw a clip on NBA TV the other day where Isaiah Thomas said, you know, if Ben Simmons ever learns how to shoot free throws, it's over. He's going to be so dominant. I'm like, Ben Simmons is not ever going to learn to shoot free throws. It's just not going to happen. So never going to shoot three pointers. And he's going to be an anchor for a lot of fantasy teams, especially with Kyrie and KD having the ball in their hands so much. I'm not, I am not messing with Ben Simmons. So the news quickly on Simmons, just backtracking is that Shams Trani of the athletic reports that he has been cleared for three on three after May back surgery. He's expected to be clear for five on five in the weeks ahead. So it sounds like Steve is out on Simmons. Zach, you are willing to consider targeting Ben Simmons. But is there is that more of a Zach for you? If Ben Simmons falls to a certain point, then I'm going to grab him, or is that more of a I'm going to proactively draft Ben Simmons uh, at some point? Which is it? Which is it for you? More if he falls, or I'm going to proactively target him? Yeah, I, I think majority of players in fantasy, at least from my approach, are de- value dependent. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some guys that I really like that I'll reach for, but uh, for Simmons, he's absolutely a you know take him if he falls to me in seventh or eighth round. I don't think I would go for mm-hmm. him sooner than that. I can see that. And just looking at, I mean, what what's a realistic blueprint for him, right? Like his his offense had already taken a dip. You know, the last full year we saw mm-hmm. him play for Philly, he was at 14.3 points per game, which was a career low. Still had around seven boards, seven assists, you know, good steals. I don't know. I, yeah, I could I could see – I think I'm more worried about the back than I am the free throws and the usage, honestly. that That's what I need to see. I need to see the guy back on the court. Once that happens, then he is a guy I'll consider taking at some point. Kind of in the area you were mentioning there, Zach. Sure. Well, I mean, we it's, also, I'm, it's also important to see where his mind is. Like, we, we, I mean, we haven't heard him, seen him, or anything, just really since uh, since he was scared to death to shoot the ball against the Hawks. Well, and, and I think, but I think that also goes, like, hand in hand with what I was saying. Once we see that, once he's out there playing in the preseason, if and when that happens, uh, that's going to be a big hurdle, I think. Yeah. All right, we have more to come. First, we're going to take a quick break. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour, NASCAR Circuit, and in Premier League. We also have a special contest on Tuesday and Thursday called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. I think we may have reached a part of the episode, guys, that we are all collectively most excited about based on the conversation we were having beforehand. Uh, in a story on basketballnews.com from Alex Kennedy, Tyrese Halliburton, who was interviewed for the story, said his biggest goal for this season is to become a more become more comfortable as a scorer. He is working with trainer Drew Hanlon, and normally I would not really have any of this on my radar, but there are a couple of things that stood out. Basically, you have Hanlon and Halliburton both essentially saying Halliburton can be a 20 and 10 guy. Halliburton specifically was quoted as saying, I want to be a 20 and 10 guy, and I want to be an all-star and if you look at what he did after the trade to Indiana, Steve, he wasn't actually that far off from the 20 and 10 thing. 17 and a half points, 9.6 dimes, 1.8 steals, 2.23s. 2 I mean, this is a case where what the player wants to do doesn't sound outlandish. And if he does it, he's going to be an absolute fantasy star. Uh, and I still can't believe the Pacers pulled off that deal to get him. And I can't believe the Kings let him go. Uh and I think everybody kind of feels like the Pacers stole Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know that we fully saw, or I, I don't know that we saw the full dose of what Halliburton could do last year, and he was really good last year. So, I mean, I'm excited by this news. I feel like breakout is coming. I feel like he's he really wants to do all those things that he said he wants to do, and I, I just I don't know how he fails. I think Tyrese Halliburton. I don't know how high the the hype train is going to run on him and, and how far we're going to build him up so that he's being overdrafted too early. But, I mean, I, I can't wait to draft Tyrese Halberton. Yeah, I, uh, I'll i even take it a step further because I, I feel like I'm really hyped up on this guy right now. I was doing some research before the show, uh, came across some pretty phenomenal numbers for Halliburton. Uh, so he's been in the league for two years. In that time, he's 14th in assists per game, 8th in total assists, and that's a year and a half of playing alongside De'Aaron Fox, very high usage guard in Sacramento. Uh, as you mentioned, 17 and 9.6 in Indiana in 26 games with 12 double-doubles. Uh, so 20 and 10, very realistic. Um, if you look at his numbers last season, 15.3 points, 8.2 dimes, four boards, two threes, uh, 0.6 blocks, 1.7 steals. Um, and so I did a little digging into the numbers over the last 20 seasons, only Baron Davis and James Harden and Halliburton have hit those same numbers in a single season. Uh, so the bar Period. is very like high a, for him. Age, ind age independent. That's those that's a independent of age. That's just independent wow. of age. And actually the criteria that I searched for was just half a block and one and a half steals and two threes. So he actually took that a little bit, 
further in his production last year. Um, shooting percentages, he was uh, 47, 45, and I think 84. Uh, so excellent shooting splits. And currently, he's the favorite at points bet to win most improved players. So I think there are just so many things going in his favor. The GM, mm. the coach are hyping him up. He's hyping himself up. We're hyping him up. Um, yeah. So I would be I would be willing if I had the 10th pick just so he wouldn't fall. You know, I, I would be scared of him not getting back to me in the second round. I'd take him with the 10th overall pick. He's going to be a first so, round fantasy guy this season. Wow. So So that's the thing. That's the thing for me because we always talk about trying to find guys in the second round who can make the jump to be a fantasy first rounder. I, I, I think so. Halberton was already a second round player last year. I think he was 22nd in nine category leagues, according to basketball monster. Yeah. So yeah. Like how high does he go? Cause for me, if he's, if I can somehow get him 14th or something and he's my, he's my second pick, I feel fantastic about it. If I have to take him in the first round, I do think like Zach said, he can put up first round value, but this is just the way my brain works or my fantasy strategy works. I, I don't feel quite as great about it. If that makes sense. Is, does, do you guys follow me there? I, I'm with you. I wouldn't feel quite as good about it either. If it wasn't, if it wasn't this guy, I mean, I, again, I think I, I'm just, I'm very high on him, but at the same time, I, he's a guy that I don't want to miss out on uh, just because yeah. this is him at age 21 doing these phenomenal things. Um, and we've seen what can happen when a young guy gets some expanded opportunity. I mean, I don't want to compare him to Fred Van Vliet because Van Vliet's skill set is more predicated on shooting threes. Uh, but Halliburton is still giving you comparable steals. He's giving you decent threes, mm-hmm. and his efficiency is through the roof, which is something Van Vliet never gave you. Uh, and he's doing this at a much younger age. So he's a guy that I think is really going to break out this year. Steve, what's the line for you with Halliburton? I mean, I don't know. What What if I have the 11th pick in my draft and KD – and Halliburton and Lamelo are all sitting there. Uh, Lamelo's probably not going to be there, but I, I, I'm just sitting here like, dang man, I'm I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have any Tyrese on my on my team this year because I'm not taking him in the first round. But maybe I will. I don't know. I'd like to still believe, and maybe it's safe to say this because it's August that he, he's going to fall to the second round in some leagues. I, I don't know that there's a Zach in every league taking him tenth overall. I want to believe second round is a possibility in some leagues. Anyhow, I think it is pretty clear, yeah. pretty clear that you are going to have to invest very early if you want to get Tyrese Halliburton. And we ex- just explain why. And meanwhile, in the most August news imaginable, we have a blurb up on the site on NBC Sports Edge with Mike Singer of the Denver Post tweeting about Michael Porter Jr. looking sharp in a pickup game with some other NBA players. Now, this is another player that Steve in the past, you and I, especially you, have not necessarily been rational about. So I want to go to Zach first here. Zach, is Porter on your radar coming off of this back surgery, or are you kind of giving him a year uh, on the sidelines for your fantasy rosters coming off a lost season? Yeah, I think I'm going to give him a year. I mean, obviously, again, this comes to value. He's not a guy I'll reach for like a Halliburton, but if he falls to me mm-hmm. in the draft, I mean, he's, what, a couple seasons from removed from being a top 30 guy. I was I was all in on him last season after what he did uh, in 2020. Uh, you know, 19.7 boards. Uh, he was shooting threes at, just at a ridiculous pace. Uh, he looked phenomenal. But yeah, after a significant injury like that, uh, he's definitely a guy that I am not going to reach for. And if it requires me to invest a lot in him, uh, it's going to be a pass. Yeah, I was kind of all in on Michael Porter Jr. last year. Also, oh Matt, by the way. 
Yes, that blurb is hilarious. Did you did you watch the video though? Yeah, I did. I did. I mean, I thought he looked pretty good. Yeah, it was like four. It was like he made like four jump shots in like a gym. You couldn't really tell what was going on. It was like a vertical iPhone video. I don't know. It, it was fine. I was like, yeah, he's moving. He's he's not playing basketball. <laughs> That's the bar. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm, and I'm hopeful this year that he will fall in my lap in like the fifth round. Cause last year, Zach and I, I think we're taking him in like round three, somewhere in there, maybe round, two, maybe the end of round two, even. Um, yeah, I think I took that, him in round that, two of our 12 team company, 14 team company league or 12 team company league. I don't remember whether it's 12 or 14, but that turned I out to him. be a disastrous move. Um, yeah. But I mean, if he's sitting there in round five, the, the skill set he has, I, I'm I'm back in. I mean, I gotta, I gotta rep the uh, the jersey. Yeah, I can see that. I, it's just a boomer bust situation. I'm I, I can see that paying off fantastically if he falls that far, and I can see it completely backfiring still when there are a lot of sure bets in the fifth round. I thought Anyhow, you were say so, when there's a lot when there's a lot of jerseys in the fifth round. What I thought jerseys, you were gonna say. There are a lot of jerseys in the fifth round as well. One more set of notes and these come via james edwards the third also of the athletic he writes quote i believe isaiah livers is primed for a breakout season in detroit end quote end of line from his story that's right isaiah livers who this actually isn't the first time we've talked about this guy and this is because this isn't the first time that james edwards the third has said something to this effect <laughs> he also adds that livers is a dead-eye shooter with good defensive instincts and has some quote off the dribble stuff i mean Zach, what do you do with a note like this that we see in late August? Not the first, not this, not the first time we've heard this about Livers. Is he officially landing on your radar, or or just a name that you're scribbling down somewhere, not to forget? He's a name that I'll probably scribble down and and try not to forget. But I, you know, I I think if Marvin Bagley is unable to you know stay on the court or just it is unimpressive as we've seen him be throughout his career. Uh, you know, obviously, I think Livers could slide in at, you know, maybe power forward. Uh, I don't see him overtaking Sadiq Bay if we're talking about the small forward spot. I think Bay is just too valuable as a, a three-point shooter there. Uh, but, yeah, could he overtake Marvin Bagley? Sure. Uh, he played, what, about 20 minutes a game last season and had some decent numbers as far as points, rebounds, defensive numbers. He's a good three-point shooter uh, as you know, as Edwards mentioned, very efficient shooter. And his per 36 numbers were fairly impressive. So, yeah, anytime you can get an efficient shooter who can potentially get into a starting role, definitely a guy to keep in mind. Uh, I just think as the team's currently constructed, uh, the path to maybe fantasy relevance is not quite there yet. Yeah, I don't know. I James Edwards spends a lot of time around that organization. If he, if he, he thinks Livers is due to break out, then I'm, I'm – generally going to believe that and livers is young he's off the radar he's going to be sitting there in round 10 or 11 i'm i'm probably going to have him in my queue in most of my drafts and, and try to get him late yeah small small sample but he shot 42 percent on threes he got 1.2 steals 0.7 blocks per 36 minutes so you know th there is a path to it i think the question is are you know are the Pistons willing to play him and Sadiq Bay at the two forward spots and you know make Marvin Bagley reserve? That's that's a question we'll have to answer. But um, yeah, just a name to file away. He also had a note on Jaden Ivey, 
writing, the word out of Pistons land is that Ivy's had a good summer. People are impressed. It's very possible that Ivy is a starter for Detroit on opening night. That one just caught my eye. I mean, I guess we kind of probably expected Ivy to start anyways, Zach, for this team. But where is he for you when it comes to you know ranking him among the other top picks in this draft? Yeah, so I, I think Ivy is – I think he's going to have a good season. Um, I think he's definitely going to be a starter. I mean, if you look at the Pistons roster, there's no way that they're not going to start him, obviously. Uh, but if you're talking about the top picks in this draft, uh, I think Keegan Murray is my number one for sure. I think Paolo falls in at number two. Uh, and then I think you can start making the argument for Ivy at three. We'll just have to see uh, what his skill set looks like, especially playing alongside uh, Kate Cunningham, who's a guy that, mm-hmm. you know, we think is probably going to have the ball in his hand the most. Um, and Ivy is probably going to be, if I had to guess, he would be more of the off ball guard. Um, but, uh, you know, he can shoot the three. Uh, he's a fairly good defender. Obviously his athleticism is the thing that, most impressed everybody coming out of Purdue. Uh, so we know he's going to score again. I think to me, it's just all about usage alongside Kate Cunningham. And I, I'm just, I would like to see how that plays out before I really get too excited about him right off the bat. I'm mildly excited about Jaden Ivy. I think late mid round pick, take a flyer on him. Maybe he, maybe he's the next Andrew Wiggins. I, I don't, I'm not sure, but I feel like his, his playing time, they already got him slotted as a starter as a rookie, and he should have plenty of minutes and the ball in his hands a decent amount of time. I, I'm kind of excited about him. Zach, I noticed that you didn't mention Jabari Smith Jr. there when you were talking about rookies. You like is that uh, was that intentional? Are you are you down on Jabari Smith? No, not down on Jabari Smith at all. I just don't think that he's okay. a. Uh, I just don't think he's a top three uh, fantasy player uh, among rookies this season. I think he's clearly top five, but I, I wouldn't put him okay. above Ivy Bancaro or Keegan Murray. Okay, I think I've got him above Ivy personally. Subject to change, but that's where I am right now. All right, guys, Steve, should we uh, should we check the birthdays? Did you check the birthdays, Steve? I have not. Still doing I have this? not been checking birthdays lately. All right, we're checking. We're checking. August 26th, NBA birthdays. Doing this on the fly. Here we go. Big, oh, wow. Big one. James Harden, the aforementioned James Harden birthday today. Mm. Turning 33. James Harden is 33 today. Nas Reed also has a birthday today. There's a couple others, but James Harden is the big ticket birthday (laughs) of this day. August 26th, Steve has the yellow party hat. He's going to find well, – he doesn't have a party pipe. This is upsetting. Did you lose the party pipe, Steve? Oh, he's got it. He's got it. Day James. <laughs> All right, that is going to do it for us. Don't forget to, happy birthday. Happy birthday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We will be back next Friday. In the meantime, I want to say thank you for listening and watching live. Steve, Zach, thanks to both of you guys. I will talk to you soon. See you guys. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean... 
every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.